0: Welcome to the Veloce Podcast, fast and fluid conversation with Kat Empey and Richard Bott.
1: Hi everyone and welcome to the Veloce Podcast. So we're on episode 17. Um, so yeah, uh, another episode. We've, we've decided to do our episodes separate to when we have guests on so it doesn't get confusing because originally we were also including that in our, our normal episodes yeah we've got a few specials on um, now yeah so. and because we're getting more and more interesting um, people on the show um, we decided to keep those as specials and this is the regular podcast now you may notice it's being published on a very different day to normal <laughs> quite a bit behind schedule yeah we're a little bit off the
0: pace this but week but to be
1: honest for a reason okay um so we've been at snetterton in norfolk uh for the whole weekend basically um training one of our junior drivers sarah thompson and it was her first ever race weekend um and when i say first ever she's not done any karting or anything like that she's always wanted to race in motorsport her dad did uh british gt's he won a championship um, but he works a lot offshore and try to keep her away from it for a long time she has it's other siblings <laughs> yeah, well, she has other siblings that aren't interested in it in- which is interesting isn't it yeah. but uh, Sarah's always wanted to give it a go and now Due to COVID, he's working a lot more at home and he's decided, okay, fine, let's do it kind of thing. So um, it was a little bit underprepared for for everybody, just in the fact that COVID really got in the way. So hard to
0: get on track, isn't it?
1: Yeah, so our big plan of getting her ready got very condensed, didn't it, Um, unfortunately. Mm. Um, But hey, she dealt with the situation incredibly well because she ended up only doing two track days and an ARDS, um before going out and doing a race meeting which is pretty astonishing I mean I think to be honest as coaches in an ideal world we'd rather put it back and do more prep but now we've done it actually um, you well know she's what? kicked off
0: she's broken the duck hasn't she that's a- the thing
1: absolutely and she's learnt so much so quickly that actually um, as much build up as you do you can't beat race time um and you know just even just experiencing the general way the meeting goes you know briefings dealing with competitors green flag laps race starts you know all those things uh we had a safety car in one of them you know so she's she's learned a lot and she did really really well so in Qualifying, uh, she didn't qualify last, which for us was a, just a massive achievement. Bearing in mind, everybody else on that grid has a huge amount of experience compared to her, so mm. that was a great achievement on its own. And in the races, each time she well, first race, she knocked off 10 seconds, didn't she? Mm. From a qualifying, and second race, it was like 12 seconds or something. So, you know, really impressive stuff. But the big thing for me is um, well, something we haven't mentioned is she's um, pretty severely deaf. Um, and suffers with very severe anxiety a lot of it to do with that as well so um, it's amazing how much she changes when she's in the car and got that helmet on and that gritty determination so incredibly impressive she wasn't
0: phased by any of it it's a couple of spins doesn't she? yeah not high a speed spins
1: her. and yeah it just like comes in and almost forgets to tell you yeah, <laughs> and then yeah. totally not phased yeah, yeah. um I mean, when I say she's severely deaf, she has had um, some serious surgery, hasn't she? Um, So she has, I don't know how you describe it, but something that connects to the side of her skull that she can take off. It looks like a hair clip kind of thing, Um, but it's an incredibly expensive one, let's put it that way, Um, which helps her to hear, but obviously only partially. But the problem is when she puts the helmet on, she has to take that off so um she can't use her hearing like the rest of us would when it comes to revs and that kind of thing so um a bit later in the show we'll we'll be talking about feel and the importance of that with with driving and, and somebody like sarah it becomes even more important because she loses her hearing um so yeah so it's been a really interesting weekend for us but that's why we've been delayed um but it's been great trying different um teaching techniques because obviously everything we do is very bespoke um but obviously this was extra bespoke because we've not had somebody perhaps in this situation before so but no really congratulations to sarah and what she's achieved we've got um a special uh, podcast coming up which will be launched on friday with a young driver called ty cuthbert he has literally just turned 12 He's a massive Red Bull fan, isn't he? Mm. Um, he's got a huge following on social media. And actually, uh, Checo Perez has already um, been in touch with him. So um, it's amazing how far the social media side can go. Um, but what's impressive with him is his passion and his knowledge. Bring him he's only just turned 12. His knowledge for the sport, you know, going back to, you know, Nineties, Noughties, even earlier in that in, at times as well. So we do a general um, chat, don't we? And then we've got a quiz with him as yeah. well. So which he gets potentially a prize for if he gets over eighty percent. So um, you guys will have to tune into that on Friday and see what you see think. See how you on. Yeah. But anyway, for the show today, then yes, what's the uh, what's the crack? <laughs> so
0: we've got our usual sort of mix. We've got a bit about cars. We've got a bit about driving. We've got a bit about motorsport. And we've yeah. got a bit of an interactive bit.
1: Yeah, that's usual, it in a nutshell, really. um, So, as we've mentioned before, we've tried to mix it up a bit. So, we've decided to start with our normal topic of road cars road but cars, actually yeah. technically this isn't a road car no
0: but something quite special so yeah we, thought, you we know... thought
1: we'd talk about it because um i mean there's a huge amount going on in the the road scene um that we're going to mention in up and coming episodes but this happened to happen this week um yeah. so we decided to mention it and that's richard burns's 2000 rally car isn't it yes it's just sold for what is it six hundred and ten thousand pounds So tell us a bit about that.
0: So so this was the last of the almost additional shaped Subaru Impreza, the three box shapes, Uh, and it was the best looking one. It was the two door wide arch, you know, really aggressive, cool Mm -hmm. looking thing, blue gold wheels,
1: yeah, all that kind of stuff.
0: But what's unique about it? um, Richard Burns won the two thousand Rally GB in this car, yeah, um, but it was already sold. Yeah. So as it rolled off the finish ramp. Covered yeah. in champagne and everything else, it went into a trailer and offered to somebody's collection. Yeah. So it is absolutely as it was when it finished the 2000 yeah. Rally GB, and it and still it, and is now. It's isn't incredible. It? Yeah, so it's, it's got sp- the mobile phone in it. It's got the headphones. It's got it's got even got cereal bars in it from 2000. Yeah. You know?
1: And like pace notes. It's all knackered um, down one side. Yeah, it's got everything <laughs> as it was. All <laughs> so the road
0: books. All the pace notes. What's interesting
1: is the guy who originally purchased it has left it as it was, and now yeah. somebody new has come in. I don't really know the story. Behind why this chap no, why it's been it. sold
0: or why because he um, disappeared. Nobody saw it. It vanished apparently. Yeah,
1: and um, yeah, it's just sold for yeah six hundred and ten thousand. But what's so great about it is that the the heritage and history of that car has been untouched so it's very much as it was and it's there's um, some pictures online with it and it's fascinating going through and seeing it's literally the guys have jumped out the car and, and that's, it. It's, that's it. it all the evidence of everything that happened is still there in that car and this is the and
0: 20th anniversary of, the, of of Richard Burns winning the world championship yeah
1: it? and obviously this the story of Richard Burns unfortunately getting it was a brain tumour he brain had tumor, wasn't yeah. it Um, and, and died far too young um, well exactly
0: to the day for years after he won the world championship he died
1: yeah which is um, and it all started with early signs wasn't it where yes, his co yeah. driver noticed some well they had some poor things.
0: results it sounds simple but he obviously he was you know he was as good as anybody mm. um and he had some he had a couple of poor results which, which were unexplained yeah and then i think the rally before rally gb i'm not sure which round that was every time they finished stage he got out of the car and he was he was ill yeah um and and uh, robert reed his co-driver flagged this up to richard's um trainer yeah said something's not right here yeah and then going to the rally gb start in wales he was driving with marco martin you know the Mm -hmm. ford works driver and he blacked out yeah And that was it that was last time he drove
1: and um you know but even before that um richard burns was saying i can't understand the pace notes that's right understand. yeah he did say that yeah. and, and he said it's not you it's me i can't make sense of what you know um yeah so there was a lot um of, of signs and unfortunately he went downhill but but that makes these cars even more special in some respects yeah. because unfortunately because the funny Richard's not the... around to tell the tale anymore no. Of these cars and 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 it's actually lovely that it has been left as it was in a way
0: yeah because the funny thing cause there's only ever been two British world rally champions and they mm-hmm. both died young
1: yeah yeah you know, very different jinx. reasons but yeah but so yeah just to establish this isn't the this car isn't the championship winning year car is it because that was no, the that following was a new season shape, yeah um
0: 2001 we
1: believe so you went to the ugly car <laughs> well i do think it's that ugly but it, it, a it became a bit it? more squared it it, is, yeah. in comparison it had much softer lines before yes yeah, so we thought we'd talk about that just because it's it's such an interesting thing sorry you may have to excuse noises it's in the a very background. hot day so we have the door have, open yeah so if you hear any really dogs it's the, not the neighborhood dogs are around, <laughs> around, yeah. yeah um yeah so that's it from the from the road car slash <laughs> race car, car in this well, situation drove on the road. It road registered. So yeah as well so um yeah
0: so yeah so topic number two then though. we thought we'd talk about driving and um, um, the 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 topic we're going to talk about this week is is how to develop feel for what the car's doing Mm -hmm. and the reason we wanted to talk about this was was on the back of the stuff that we did with sarah over the weekend really wasn't Mm. it that um there's a lot of emphasis in 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 motorsport on using data and using an engineer that you must do it this way Mm -hmm. but the problem is that you can look at something on a graph to the graph to the blue in the face but what does that feel like to you as a driver
1: and i have to say you know we're not anti-data, I mean, I learned when, oh, I, was doing, being when I was doing Formula 3, um, data helped me massively, you know, especially with teammates and things, because sometimes it would help you recognize, Ah, oh, okay, um, this is the corner I need to focus on and so on. But I think data um, should be used alongside, uh, certainly um, people on the way up until they're really established, um, it should be used alongside a driver coach as well um, like like any sport really where there's still a coach there um, and the thing is with with driving is the goalposts move all the time um, and you need to understand in and out like with the car as if you're it's an extension of you as such so you really understand what the car is telling you the car understands you and you're very much at one with the car and one thing with data is it won't necessarily tell you that it will be very black and white they say, well, you're losing time here or you're braking 10 meters early or whatever it might be. Um, but when it comes to feeling, getting that car right on the edge, you look at somebody like, uh, I don't know, Lewis Hamilton versus Valt- Valtteri Bottas. You know, there's not much between them, but Lewis's feel for the car is just that little bit more advanced that he's able to drive around things that little bit more. And that's nothing against Valtteri. He's still one of the best in the world, but it shows the importance of developing that from a young age, and that understanding, isn't it?
0: Yeah, but, but the other thing that data doesn't show you is what's going on in your own head. Yeah. So you know, okay, you need to brake at that point there, but, but what are you feeling through the car? But also, what are you thinking? What yeah. are your thought processes? Where are you looking? Well, a yeah. lot of that is in the data. Absolutely. That's why a driver coach why, is so important,
1: really. Why are you braking there? <laughs> you know, yeah, well, not, yeah, why are you exactly, not yeah. braking? And why
0: are you doing the following this yeah, trace? exactly. You
1: know? um, but also, why are you braking 10 meters earlier? you know what what are you concerned about what are you feeling at that point or you know and so on so yeah so phil how would you explain then rich with with if somebody wanted to develop their feel with a car now this could be obviously we made that sound very track based but it could be road based as well in this situation well the thing is if you've
0: got a good feel so feel is 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 about um interacting with the car properly so feeling what the car's doing and Recognizing things that the car's telling you, so if you're in a road scenario, um, you know, you, you'll give your passengers a much nicer ride if you've got good feel mm-hmm. because you won't be lurching the car, you won't be jumping the brakes. So, things like when people come to a stop is quite a classic one and they just keep the brake on, and the car jolts to a stop. Yeah, where somebody with good feel, just as the car's about to stop, they'll 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 fractionally release the brake so the car yeah. doesn't jump. That's yeah. good feel. So yeah. of course it's on a road car that that that, that it's just a more pleasant ride for everybody. Yeah.
1: And then on the track of course it can make the difference between, you know, being first and second is yeah, having well, that really yeah. intimate detail feel with a car that you can go get it dancing on its tiptoes in every single area. And that can be to do with shifting, how you shift, how you go from one brake, um sorry, one pedal to the other. Um, the way you apply the the pedals, all of that kind of stuff, because those things like Lewis does, which are apparently quite unusual to a lot of other drivers, but it obviously works for him, and it's all down to feel. So, really, with anybody to start with, it's isolating each thing, isn't it? And yeah, because you've got to know that.
0: you've got to know what you're feeling for. So, for yeah. example, when you turn the wheel, um, there's there's lots of things happening. So, obviously, the weight is doing to move to one side. So, feeling that shift. And feeling that settle but also then the way the tyre starts to create grip yeah so feeling for that you know that that's the kind of thing you're looking for yeah Um so obviously if you're a Formula 1 driver it's then about the, the nth degree of grip on the road
1: absolutely but, but on
0: the road you know if you're just driving to the shops it's the same thing it's getting that, that so the car knows what's coming and you're getting that nice and you feel the movement
1: and somebody um, who might be a good example here to mention this is something we do a lot with our junior drivers coming up through the ranks and and uh i was going to call them gentlemen drivers but general drivers and they don't obviously have to be just gentlemen of course when i say that um but it's rob wilson so it might be worth mentioning to everybody some of the drivers he's worked with what car he uses and what area he uses
0: yeah well rob rob is an f1 driver coach and he works with about something like 60 percent of the f1 grid and half the IndyCar drivers and all this kind of stuff. But Rob's big thing is all this about feel and introducing things to the car. And he doesn't use a GT3 or a Ferrari, he uses or a single seater. a, a like He uses a Vauxhall Astra. Okay. And the reason he does that is because it's soggy and soft and has no power. So you've got to do things right. So it won't kill you. It just won't go around the corner the way that you want it to unless you do things at the right rate and you communicate with the car and listen to what it tells you and all that kind of stuff that we talk about. Um, to manipulate the car to make it go around corners so of course when you do that in a 41 car or an IndyCar it's all yeah. happening at a different speed but it's the same principles yeah. you know well, the car doesn't ever want to jump it wants to know what's gonna happen he's, next
1: he's worked with people like Kimi Raikkonen oh, Rosberg, Valentino Rossi um, and all kinds of people big big names actually there was a feature on him and Karen um, Chandock went yes out. And am in mind Chandock his experience and knowledge Um, Rob still managed to find time out of him, and all he uses is a big tarmac space. So point being is it doesn't matter what level you're at, um, there is always time to find. And one thing you'll notice with somebody like Lewis is it's easy to probably say at the moment he is the best, if not one of the best on that grid, but he's always going on about there's more to find, more to find all the time. So one thing that we use a lot, and Rob Wilson uses a lot, is something called flat car which is a state of it being very much in a straight line for as long as possible. And of course, you know, junior is it's more obvious things um, to build on and building blocks. But for people that are pros, there are still little gains that can make a massive difference when you're fighting for less than a tenth. Um, So it it just proves the point that data is one thing and data is brilliant. I learned a lot from data. But I wish I had a coach who could help me with that and merge both together. It's taken a lot of time and learning in the industry and doing my job to understand the importance of that side of it. Um, And like I say, whether that's on road or track almost doesn't matter. I know you're looking for more perhaps finer details on track, but on the road, if you take pride in... In driving on the road, and you still want to work with the car, and be at one with it, and have everything flowing and and fluid, don't you? In oh. every possible way, so a lot of the things you know work together, don't they? It's yeah. just the pace is slower. Um, so yeah, so what we would say to anybody, um, especially if they're not already. Uh, racing if it's for road is isolate one thing at a time whether it's gear changes you know what you're doing with your hands how you're introducing the steering there's lots of things but we're gradually doing videos on the channel where we'll go into this more and more and more about feel and it's something that we've discussed and and coached for a long time but i think somebody like sarah being deaf it just um i I guess highlighted the importance of feel and, and how much we rely on it because as soon as somebody like that who's deaf who's lost the, the hearing side as well. Um, you know, the importance of then having only feel really. Yeah, well, you have
0: to use other senses. Yes, yeah.
1: absolutely, even more. So, um yeah, so it's something we'd say, but even as an experienced racer, um, don't be fooled into thinking that data on its own is all you need. No. Uh, you know, it's great having it and these teams are we, you know, work with some great teams and the, the knowledge they have and the data they have, the drivers they've had in those cars, there's so much there, which is partly what you're paying for. But it is certainly, I think, for the guys coming up through the ranks, still so important to have that coach to really explain that that side of it, the actual feel and communication with the car, rather than the black and white data itself. So um, yeah, so we thought we'd talk a little bit about that today because it's, it's actually pretty important wherever you are <laughs> yeah, yeah, <it laughs> when is, you're yeah. driving yeah, a vehicle yeah. isn't yeah, it really it is, yeah so yeah so that's it on on that little uh let's say driving driving, driving for, tip for, for this week okay so we're next bit then is motorsport so um which obviously we can waffle on about all day um yeah we're gonna start now it's probably a bit old hat now but we're gonna start about talking about the former one so the baku grand prix uh, actually interesting before i start on any of this i've been reading lots of tweets and things of people saying oh how boring is um monaco compared to baku and blah 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 highlights but i don't think you can get rid of monaco it's such a special place and has so much heritage i don't get
0: bored watching monaco i just think because it's have something special about
1: it absolutely and i think if you go and watch it for real as well you'd understand it even more but I, i i guess baku has a tendency to have more going on for whatever it's reason. It's one of
0: the best circuits. One of the best circuits in the world. You know? Yeah,
1: and you can see that. Not I've only ever driven it on a sim. I've never driven it in real life. But no. You, you can see that, can't you? you astonishing know, place. Yeah. So we'll, we'll work through just in a general kind of some of the major we'll have teams. Have a look at what everybody got
0: up to. Yeah. So if we start
1: <laughs> with Ferrari, because Leclerc, of course, put it on pole. Yeah. You know that's the you know second pole in the row. You know Ferrari seem to be stronger. Sainz has done an amazing job to get very close to leclerc throughout hasn't he straight yeah. out the box so what what do you and
0: think he's had more he's had more polls than anybody or something this year there's something there's some ridiculous status he's had twice the polls of <laughs> max verstappen hasn't he leclerc oh has he yeah but the ferraris i think that leclerc and Sainz are dragging that car somewhere
1: i agree it's I agree. ahead of itself yeah well i've always as yourself watched the junior ranks and leclerc dominated formula two as a rookie like a the only other person I've seen do that in a long time was Lewis Hamilton. Um, just truly special driver. And I have to admit, I don't think I gave Silence the credit he deserves. Um, not intentionally so, it's just he was under the radar for whatever reason. Um, and now he's come over to Ferrari. First of all, it's shown... How good Norris is, but Science has got in that car and immediately is bang on the pace. And I think Ferrari are pretty amazed with how strong Science has been. been I know he's made mistakes, but hey, it's all a new environment. But pace-wise, it's there, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean he drove brilliantly again. So he made a couple of silly errors, didn't he? Yeah. So Sonoda crashed in in qualifying three, and he kind of followed him up off the road. Yeah. Yeah. And then he shot down the escape road in the in the race, didn't yeah. he? But other than that, you know, his pace was—you know—it was him and the clerk. That's how fast that Ferrari goes, because they do the same times pretty much, don't they?
1: Yeah. And one Completely thing it highlighted talk. is, in a straight line in the race, the car is just dog slow, oh, yeah. isn't it? You know, in a straight line, they've it's clearly just not got, quick got enough a good, good chassis. Trip. Yeah. Um, you know, they've got a good chassis. They've got two of the best drivers on the grid. You know, it's a great lineup and one thing with science is he's quite mellow as well despite how he is in the car which i think works as a teammate yeah um you know so they've got a dream team in many respects but yeah race trim it, and in a straight line it's just obvious it's just yes yeah. even without drs i mean lewis Round the like, him, like, didn't around like you was standing still and like yes, you had have, drs really yeah yes you have slipstream but when you pull out that slipstream starts to obviously decrease mm-hmm. and, and and it wasn't like that it was like such it was like a drs um and I it just... was the
0: bendy front wing that mercedes say they haven't got
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe but yeah so impressed with the drivers at ferrari um i think ferrari themselves still have quite a bit of work to do um to get get a complete package i think they're much stronger than they've been for a long time but they they've still got some work to do with that car haven't they
0: definitely so red Um, Bull then interesting
1: story here
0: so red Bull obviously have got i mean like you say science is going to job a good job prayers this is this coming back to something we're going to talk about with mclaren in a minute yeah prayers something's obviously clicked there
1: oh absolutely because he is
0: bang on on Verstappen now
1: absolutely and one thing with Perez is some people might not know but he was five from Red Bull as a junior driver um, I don't know if you want to explain a bit of the background of that
0: well I think he didn't get him any much of a run did he or something yeah. that was but,
1: he, but I don't they, think he,
0: was he ever actually a Red Bull junior I, I believe
1: don't... my understanding now anybody please correct him. us but yeah. I believe he he was a Red Bull junior and he was kicked out but i could be wrong perhaps he was going to become a rebel junior but they basically didn't give him any time he no. couldn't fit in the car so he came in to say i can't fit in the car and they said right off you go and that was that very cutthroat yeah. but actually it's probably one of the best things that could have ever happened to him to be honest because under the circumstances he's been able to build up um, his experience knowledge with different teams and come to to rebel with all of that and, and as Pretty much the
0: complete driver. Now yeah, he's red and ball.
1: everybody knows he's one of the best in races. He has this ability to maintain tyres like nobody else, but keep the pace as well, which is a very very hard thing to do. Yeah. And actually, in the race, I believe he could have gone past Verstappen.
0: Yeah. You know, get a slow if, stop. Didn't yeah. It?
1: Which Christian Horner said it's because he didn't stop in his block. So yeah. they have exact markers, and apparently was slightly beyond that. And so of course, when you're up, talking, yeah. Minute split, you know, seconds here. Um, it's, it, you know, it was enough to make it a slow yeah. split, um, pit stop. So, um, unfortunate for him, but um, yeah, Max, to be fair.
0: He didn't put a foot wrong, did no, he really? Did no. everything he needed to do. He didn't get a pole, but well, that was again because of the shunt with Sonoda and exactly. So,
1: that wasn't really anybody's fault to no, get A bit it like what bit happened like in like Monaco. Monaco. It's yeah. one of those. um but in the race really, drove
0: brilliantly, you know, got round everybody. You know first him red bull were first and second and they had it in the bag and this is the thing that lewis is going to struggle with is beating two red bulls is much much harder than trying to beat one
1: yeah and that's the difference this year um because ultimately unfortunately max as we probably all know everybody listening or watching max had a well i'm gonna say basically. tire failure but pirelli are apparently saying it's debris but a Lot of the drivers have got together and it sounds like they're really losing faith and confidence in Pirelli because basically nobody's buying it, yeah. And you heard Red Bull say, you know, there was no signs of anything beforehand, um, you know, and, and normally there would be some signs of debris in general, yeah, you know, um, so yeah, it's, it's a hard one, obviously, nobody knows for sure, but you, you we'll talk about stroll shortly, but you know, obviously, there was more than one tyre failure, um, but hey. It, you know they stopped the race. I didn't really understand why they didn't just finish under safety car, and I was worried, to be honest, for Red Bull, um, because I thought if they start again, this is going to be Lewis's. Uh, you know, just because of his experience in that car off the line compared to Checo, I thought, you know, this is it. As um, it turned out, yeah, it was
0: academic. It was almost like the Baku Grand Prix never happened in terms of points. So, so yeah. again, Mercedes struggled all through practice Hmm. and then when they changed the setup I don't know what they did but Hamilton all of a sudden as he does there he is on the pace
1: well it's I think it's a combination of things I think they also found a setup
0: that worked for him
1: I I do I think it's a combination of things I think there is some there's a few magic buttons let's say that they have for qualifying and races um, and I don't like I don't think they like to show their full hand they're constantly saying we're on the back foot all the time you know they like they, to play yeah, they're it they're trying down. to get themselves
0: underdog aren't yeah,
1: they yeah uh, they're trying to play it down all the time um, even though you know the cars I, it, it, to be fair at the start of the season was generally struggling but it doesn't seem to be like that now I think Lewis is very good at working over a weekend very hard to get the car how he wants but I do think there is something there's some engine modes or something that they hold back and use I know they all do to a point, but there's something different because are supposed it, to it's do so, that now
0: though, are they? It's it really? so
1: consistent, isn't it? Yeah, it is, <laughs> you yeah. know, that makes it it's a
0: pattern that's followed, isn't a- absolutely.
1: it? Absolutely. So um yeah, so what anyway, so talking that... about Mercedes in general, you know, what were your thoughts on everything that happened with with Lewis first of all?
0: Well, so the restart. So we just thought that right, that's it now. Yeah. Perez has worked hard all afternoon and he's gonna get, get taken away. So uh, off they go, and Hamilton just locks the front wheels up and shoots down the escape road because apparently yeah. he has a button on the steering wheel that chucks all the brake bias to the front to warm the yeah. for out laps and things like that. You can yeah. warm the front brakes, and he caught that. Yeah. So when he hit the brakes, there was no rear brakes, and he just but it shot was up the escape road
1: beforehand. So you think had he left it on? Yeah. By had he overdone well it? Or, or, I don't know. But they called it. Well, he cut on radio, called it a magic button, and said, "Did did I leave the magic button on, or did I switch it on?" And um, Bono said, yeah, basically, but no But he was worries. utterly dejected, you know? wasn't he? He did really yeah.
0: didn't deal with it at all. No.
1: Um, gave
0: up in the race. Yeah, he finished which like is six so... seconds behind Mazepin. Which isn't
1: end. him at all. No. I've never really, in a long time, he's always got such gritty determination. And, and I know he can sometimes throw his toys out the pram, but w- what drivers don't when it goes really? wrong yeah, at yeah. Time? Yeah. The you know? the limit. Um, yeah. Absolutely, and the pressure he has on his shoulders. But this time, I think because it was his mistake... OK, the team don't seem to want to say that. Toto's been very careful of what he says. Um, but ultimately, one way or another, it, I think it was Lewis's mistake. Yeah, um, And hey, it's human. Um, mistakes happen. But maybe this shows that he's having to work very hard um, for a championship this year. I'm not saying he doesn't in other years but he's got now two drivers in, in one team, which is particularly yeah. quick now, well, pressing and, and yes. keep, keeping that pressure on consistently now. Um, you know. And, and the thing is with the Red Bull, it's a very fast car in the race. Checo's now up to speed, and, and that really leads us onto Valtteri a little bit. Um, Valtteri, I'm, I've always been a fan of Valtteri, and I've always um, stood up for Valtteri. Um That, I think, his ability has not changed. That doesn't change and we'll talk about Sebastian Vettel later with a similar thing to this, your ability doesn't change, but your mental strength, I think he has been knocked down so much over the years that this is probably the poorest showing we have seen of Factory. Well, he just
0: didn't show up at all. um, And, of course, what you've got then is Red Bull were in this situation until they employed Perez, where Max is fighting on his own yeah well the weekend we had the complete polar opposite of that
1: yeah you know absolutely and it made the difference didn't it because did, it, cause you it know? would have been an
0: easy one too had they not had the typhoon yeah. yeah
1: and and voucher you know reading from what he's said, nowhere he, he said that um you know he's got some homework to do and but i i i think it, it's a, a mental thing with voucher i really do um which hey i know at the top of any sport you know you can't have excuses for for people um and unfortunately like I can see him losing his seat at the end of the year but well
0: there, there's um, a theory it's already done isn't there with Russell going there
1: well you know I think the thing is I don't want to see Valtteri out of the sport I want him to have a, a second chance a little bit like Sebastian Vettel I think what's happened is, is he's worn out trying to beat Lewis and I think he's mentally fatigued and deep down he doesn't believe anymore he can beat him and he no. might tell people he does but you know what you say to somebody what you really think and you know deep down to your core is can be different and I, and i think all the social media pressure he's also had a lot of um, you know negativity on social media and unfortunately has responded to that which means he's read it which won't help his confidence and self esteem no. I know he worked very hard over the winter with a coach didn't he a, a mental performance coach but that isn't something that happens overnight. That's going to take a long time. And I think somebody like Valtteri, he might be in one of the best teams right now, but he needs a fresh start, I think, before you're going to see him, you know, back to what he's capable of doing, yeah, let's yeah, say. Yeah, without doubt. Um, but, yeah, so obviously then moving on to McLaren.
0: Yeah, so as we've come to expect now, strong weekend from Norris.
1: Norris has impressed me more and more and more. You know, yeah. I, I know Lando is good i do some sim racing i know how hard sim racing is you know because you have some people that literally compared to real racing it's not limited you are literally in the seat you could be in the seat 24 hours a day every day if you wanted to Um, and he's just amazing on a sim isn't he Um, absolutely phenomenal yeah now i know that doesn't necessarily mean then you have to be that you'll automatically be a great racing driver in real life because we know people like lewis says that he doesn't like simulators at all um the most he does in a year is about eight laps because he has to but he doesn't like it so it doesn't necessarily mean that but i was very impressed over covid how he performed on the sim and he's just got stronger and stronger in this team, and he's a very young lad without much experience, but he's really become a, a team leader of McLaren, hasn't he?
0: Yeah, not and much F one experience. He's obviously a very yes, experienced racing yeah. driver. Well, and the he thing scored
1: is, points in what every, every round race now, which well, I think is the only driver to do so. Is well. Yeah,
0: him? the only person to score points in all six races. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Far. Um But this highlights to me the ongoing mystery of of, of Daniel Ricciardo because yeah. we talked about science science didn't take long to get up to speed with the ferrari. Yeah. Perez is now up to speed with the red bull. Yeah. Ricardo's still floundering about really.
1: Yeah, and he's I, not he's not
0: a million miles away but he's no, not on he, Norris's pace.
1: He's definitely getting closer. Now it's really hard to say because of course as an outsider, you know, we we know from being involved in the sport how much is involved basically with a team and it could be so many different factors which are just not adding up for him here it could be the car is so massively different to the cars he's driven before um, or the fact that potentially just not bonding with his engineer or the, the team mentality is very different you know because he he competes against people like max and so far is still the strongest um teammate to max verstappen um he's a phenomenal driver he made Holkenberg look slow which is very hard to do you know Holkenberg's a very special quick driver so he, he, I, I really believe he is one of the best but there is something going on um and I, I don't know what it is i don't i don't think he even know what it is really i don't think he understands what's going on no cuz hasn't he said before like he thinks right off putting a good lap and it's like 13th and he's thinking what yeah he doesn't what? understand he doesn't know you what know, to do about yeah. it i don't think um which is yeah which is interesting i mean lando norris got asked what's the difference between science and ricardo and he cheekily said well science drive drive around anything um but hey, we don't. We, we you really don't know if it's just that the car is you know potentially Sainz and Norris drove more alike, or the car's gone that direction. It just doesn't suit Ricardo and he's trying to drive around it, but he's you know still trying to get his head in with it. Um, but I really feel for him, and I just hope hope that he can bring this together because I really do believe in his ability. Um, you don't get to F1 like he has without much money and achieve all that he's achieved without being incredibly good so something isn't adding up for me no. um you know and i'm not saying there's anything um you know underhand with mclaren or anything but it, it, there's just something not quite working there and i'm sure mclaren are shocked clearly ricardo's shocked everybody's shocked um but um he is getting closer so i'm think he's a great racer so if you can get some you know good races in the bag then I think um, you know that will change his because a, a lot of it's your the mental pressure, isn't it? Yeah. Um, then I think that will be perhaps a game changer for him, really. Yeah,
0: yeah. something something doesn't add up somewhere. With
1: yeah, it. absolutely.
0: Um, so onto Alpine then. So Alonso obviously he's getting he's getting stronger and stronger. Yeah, race he's getting by his race.
1: mojo back, isn't he? I don't think Arcon um, saw
0: where he went this weekend, really.
1: Well, the thing is, everybody. <sighs> anybody involved in the sport anyway always seems to anybody i asked seem to say to me he's one of the best drivers that they've ever seen you know um in general as an all-round package he might not be a hundred percent in every area but he's like 99 percent in every area you know and that's what makes him such a rounded driver yes he's older yes he's had time away but he's always raced he admitted himself at the start of the season he wasn't up to pace yet but um definitely at Baku we started to see the old Alonso back you know he really started well especially to at the restart his...
0: because at the restart he was like a you know he did like four cars didn't he at the restart I'm
1: uh, like bearing in mind I think a lot of the people he was jostling with were you know
0: well I thought that when they were sat on the grid I thought this will suit Alonso because yeah. he'll be able to just fire through yeah. he was really aggressive and, 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 and really on, well judged so it was you know again
1: going back to that feel he has this amazing ability to to feel when it's on cold tires yeah and, you know conditions are changing and you're going into the unknown he's very very good at that so yeah i think he he gained about four places i think in yeah he did Yeah, two laps and finished sixth which was just brilliant and the Alpine, in general, I think, is is not it's as strong as it had yeah, hoped. No. You know, the start of the season. I think they thought it was going to be kind of McLaren sort of yeah. area, and it's not it's quite, just there, not is quite it? there yet. But hey, it's still early days. But I think um I'm pleased to see Alonso coming back strong. He's 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 very gritty and determined. And I mean, Martin Brundle said that he's probably one of the top five hardest drivers he's ever met. You know um so he won't mess around that's for sure no um, and at the moment he gets a bit more ahead of Ocon I think Ocon will have his hands full um because his know. head will start to go down but yeah I think and hey know. we'll say like I could be wrong I'm not saying there's anything Ocon's a good driver for sure um and he has had to fight his way to to get to Formula One so um but I just think Alonso is just an incredibly special driver and it doesn't matter that he's what is he 40, 40 or yeah. you know it doesn't matter that he's 40, you know. I don't think you suddenly drop off a cliff and can't drive anymore, no. you know. Um, as long as you've maintained being in a seat and you're physically fit, that's what matters, you know. Um, but yeah, the the, the Torre is an interesting story. Well, they've got a strong they?
0: lineup now, haven't they? So it's been. So Gasly was starting to expect. Now it's becoming normal for Gasly to, to perform, hasn't it? Yeah, you know, and he's, being. We was quickest yeah. in one of the sessions, wasn't he? And, yeah. Um. Obviously, got it finished on the podium. Amazing job.
1: Yeah, and I have to admit, Gasly, because he was dicing with Leclerc and Norris, wasn't he? Yeah. And um, in those final two laps, I just saw this gritty determination. Of almost he wanted it even more and of course those other two the drivers yeah that's right. want it badly but it's almost like ever since he got kicked out the main team he has been there to prove a point that it wasn't his fault you know um and i know he's spoken fairly openly about it since but to be fair it's not like a flash in the pan occasionally he's performing every race he is there, he's there. isn't he um and and i think he deserves um i a, you know a spot in a top team not necessarily red bull because if if things haven't changed enough there um because if you think of albon and so on for for new drivers then i don't think that's a, i know he's more experienced now but i'm still not sure if it would be the right place to go but i do think he deserves a shot in one of the top cars really mm. because he's just been so impressive Sonoda, on the other hand, had a very strong start to the year. He did, yeah. He? And, then and then started it, it, to make some fairly big mistakes fairly frequently.
0: Yeah, he did, yeah. Which the team you know, apparently he was saying to the team, "No, I'll sort it out. Don't worry, I'll sort it out." And he wasn't really putting the effort in. So they've made him. As somebody said they've stopped him going to uh, sit down playing Call of Duty. He's now moved to Italy oh, to work with the team because he was not going to the factory. He wasn't talking to the engineers. He was and they've made him change his me. approach
1: that seems You think as a him. red
0: bull driver you're sure that they've indoctrinated that into him
1: but also where's the passion for it I know we all can show passion in different ways but surely at that level you finally made it to Formula 1 wouldn't you be doing everything possible I mean look what happened to Gasly um, you know and he he's actually come back and somehow come back even stronger despite being kicked out of the main team I mean Sonoda's not had any of that Sonoda's yeah. come in with all the opportunity in the world for him, under his feet. Um,
0: Has it been a bit too easy though? Because I mean, he was he started racing cars in like 2018. Yeah. yeah it's only 2021. Yeah, true. Um, you know, and he's had Red Bull and Honda back in all the way through that. Yeah. So whether he's not had to put the effort in, because that yeah. happens. Yeah, That's yeah. what happened to Jan Magnussen years ago, yeah. you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He didn't know
0: how to put the effort in because he never had to.
1: Yeah, that's true. So he's now in Italy, isn't he? Italy. And, <laughs> and basically he's being, push slash nurtured <laughs> uh, into yeah. what you need to do um, and it's because he's got the pace nobody questions that he's quick it, it's just now getting those results isn't it and not making those mistakes now to be fair to him it's his first year in formula one but unfortunately there isn't you know going a few years back there was more patience for that in general wasn't there that what's well, so their first year in formula yeah. one you know they're allowed to make mistakes it's become a lot more cutthroat than that you know by the time they get to form one they have to already be mature and you know robust and not making those mistakes and and unbelievably fast the pressure is on them there's no there's no kind of leeway
0: Hmm.
1: um so hence why i think he's been put there but already he seemed stronger off the back of it so hopefully that's what he needs is well, just some
0: let's see what happens some focus he's an interesting character and it's oh know, yeah
1: he's quite there's fireworks
0: um, around him which is quite cool
1: yeah I like I like that he's quite um, he's flamboyant he's Kirby swearing hasn't he Jeffs yeah.
0: and jeffs on the radio constantly
1: <laughs> which I don't it's mind of course I, I appreciate yeah I appreciate it's not for everybody so of course, the, the final story really for, for Formula One is Aston Martin.
0: Yeah, it's so Vettel back to being full strength Full strength Vettel by the looks of and it. And I just want to say- Brilliant he was.
1: I told you so, <laughs> to anybody yeah. who said anything, because obviously I've banged on about it already with um, Valtteri and others, that I do not believe, certainly with Sebastian, that you, you do not become four time world champion just because you're in the right car at the right time. Yeah, that helps but there's still so much to it. And um, he's a phenomenal driver and he well, has weekend, been all a... through the ranks. Yeah. And I think what happened, and it, this happened a bit sadly at Red Bull, is when a junior comes in, he seems to struggle with that pressure of a young gun being with him um, and the, the hype around this young gun. And that that seems to get his head to drop and fall apart, which is exactly what happened with Leclerc. That's what happened when he was at Red Bull and Ricardo came in for whatever reason, uh, whereas he knows Stroll, he knows Stroll's ability, he's coming, he's really starting to take leadership with this team, he's yeah. got so much knowledge and experience with other top level teams to help Aston Martin, and I think at the weekend he just showed his maturity.
0: Well, they they were saying in the drove in the race, you know, that he was so gentle with the tyres, mm. but keeping the pace up, Yeah. you know, that he could have gone the whole race on one set of tyres, he was so... Gentle with the you know, management of the tires, yeah. and of course, at the restart, he then drove like Alonso and yeah, fired himself up to second place. Uh,
1: and I was so pleased for him. Because and the funny thing
0: was, they showed a picture, somebody showed a picture of the podium, and it, and it was obviously Perez, um, Gasly, and Vettel, and, yeah. and who they'd all been sacked by, yeah,
1: absolutely, because <laughs> they'd all been fired. In three the... <laughs> drivers that have been sacked, yeah, you know, so you've got um, so Perez was um, racing point, wasn't it? Yeah, obviously Ferrari for. Sebastian, and then, and then Red Bull, Red Bull for, for Gasly, Gasly yeah. so it, it just shows a, a lot to me um, how important it is to have the right team around you um, but also the mental pressure, a lot of reasons, I mean it was different with Checo, he did nothing wrong and performed everything he could have but got sacked for other reasons let's say um, unfor- and unfortunate reasons, nothing to do with him but for the other two certainly it was. It's definitely down to to mental fatigue and and not being able to put that side of it together. And I think we're going to see Sebastian, a bit like Gasly, just perform stronger and stronger and mm. stronger now off the back of this, which will be great to see. I think. Yeah. So yeah, just a final note really is tires, and so really we would love to hear from you guys what you think on the whole tires with Pirelli i what mean more information might it, come
0: out might not yeah that, you know
1: is it is it a is it a debris or is there failures happening you know the, the fact they were both left rears under load you know um it'll be interesting to see um especially coming into the next circuit where there's even more load on the car um but i guess by then they'll probably change what pressures they have to run and that kind of thing but Compound, you know we'll, yeah. we'll we'll see on that one so IndyCar then is another big talking point, yes. isn't it? So we just talk just forever free. about yeah, yeah. We won't go on and on and on about it. I'll let you cover IndyCar. Well, I'm, so it's the Indy we're, 500 we're about basically. About it too much. Much. Yes.
0: So the Indy 500, which is probably the most incident-free Indy 500 I've ever seen, really. Um, there wasn't. Yeah. So that which meant that it was also the fastest Indy 500 had ever run. Mm. So the average speed over the race broke the record by about three miles an hour. So it yeah, which yeah, is quite a lot over a
1: oh, over a 500
0: yeah. mile distance. You yeah, know. Yeah. Um, so the the sad thing for me was that the, the the guy that we always root for a little bit Jack Harvey aside yeah is Connor Daly yeah and Connor because he never seems to have any luck Connor. he's never got oh, he's, any money he's never in the right car and he uh, led more laps than anybody else mm-hmm. Um, and what happened was th- the only real incident on track was Graham Rahal left the pit with the wheel undone yeah and as Connor Daly said a, a, a tyre fell out of the sky and landed on him so the yeah. only person who, <laughs> other yeah. than Ray who's wheeling it to off the yeah. car, it bingoed on the front of his car, didn't it? And he, I and I'll ruined tell you, his you what, race.
1: it showed. What do they call them? Because they don't call them halos. The aero screen. Yeah, aero yeah. screen. I tell you what, it it's showed. Like though, plane, is, it? Um, it's probably better than the halo. Because I think so. It literally bounced off the screen. Yeah, because um, it's a halo, but it's yeah. got
0: then a bulletproof screen. Around. Yeah,
1: so very, very impressive. But of course, that affected his race massively, and it would, wouldn't it? it would distract you pretty much pretty badly bearing in mind you know that average pace is what over a lap
0: oh 230 odd miles hour. So yeah, in the race average. they were doing 225s two two i think was yeah. the average
1: and you have a wheel that sort of rate coming at you and he
0: was flat out you when know, it hit him yeah you know. you
1: know it's it's bound to have an a- effect um but yeah what was great was castro nevis was there nevis,
0: so he's now the 4th full four-time winner so yes. not many people have won the Indy five hundred four times.
1: And how how old is Castro Nevis? Forty, I think he's forty five, forty
0: six. Yeah.
1: Well, I thought forty six. And the reason I want to bring that up is because I say it every time, but we get a bit too obsessed with age. I think it's great they come in young, but but you know it doesn't necessarily have to be Formula One. But I think there can be a career, not just in GTS, but in in single seaters. Uh, you know, a, a good age as long as you you you've kept at it and you're you're fit and you're you're quick and you're achieving why stop you know and i think he proved that uh, but but showing the
0: quality of the f1 uh, sorry the indycar field was right behind him was one of the young guns alex palau yeah and palau said he got he'd worked out he could get a run on him out of turn three i think
1: yeah
0: um but unfortunately they were in lap traffic so helio got the toe and and that's
1: the thing that's very different for anybody who isn't hasn't really watched indycar compared to formula one is they don't have blue flags no so what's very very hard is you come up to a back marker and you have to literally find your way around them they can't they're not um obliged (laughs) or pushed into letting you go past so it's it can really make a difference to a race how ballsy you are at getting through and uh, you know bring in mind the pace they're at how close to the wall they are you know all that kind of stuff very that's where experience comes in and I think that's what showed didn't it
0: yeah so it wasn't a great race but it was a good race yeah it was enjoyable but it wasn't it wasn't a classic
1: no because almost because it was a bit too incident free yeah, really that,
0: but I think that some of that is they were talking about fuel mileage so they gonna go you know Somebody said you drive four hundred and fifty miles to a fifty mile race or something at the end of that yeah. So Yeah. But uh, yeah, so it's was unusual to be of, so um, incident free.
1: You know, uh, there was a couple of incidents in the pit lane was it's a Yeah, bit of a little bit of a little bit I Wilson, little bit of a really bit really a little bit of a little bit of a little bit of a little bit of there may have been more to it than that yeah because will power did
0: the same thing but didn't hit anything yeah and then hunter ray arrived and couldn't stop so there was a problem with the brakes uh,
1: absolutely so it might be more to do with that than actually the drivers themselves you know um but obviously great for Meyer shank racing so it's their first ever win win. and they're, they're a very small team aren't they yeah you know compared to some of these big teams that they're they're up against I feel for Jack Harvey because he does the full season with my Racing. And he's Shang worked Kaysing. so hard for them, hasn't he? But and, and, he wants to get had, their first win. Yeah, and he, he's had a couple of times now where he's been so close to having the first win and something awful's happened and the thing with the indy 500 the only reason he wasn't anywhere was down to a failure in tire failure again yeah, yeah a tire failure in fell qualifying.
0: apart the big chalk fell out yeah
1: of it. and it's just like it's just like he doesn't get a break um and it's so harsh um because he's so fast and i mean he's from the uk um when i was doing juniors he was in cadets and i watched him go up and he was with um was it Foundation Steps? Yeah, Racing uh, Steps. Racing Foundation, Steps, yeah. that's it. Um, and then they moved into the States because of, obviously, unless you're a multi, multi millionaire over here, it's very hard to make a, a career, uh, certainly in single seaters as well, out of it. So moved them over there. And he's he's just proved his worth, well and truly, in IndyCar. But he just has the worst luck, like he's cursed. He does, yeah. (laughs) So I I really root for him for this next round. That you know, it just comes together for him because he's got the pace, and he just needs it to come together, doesn't he? So that's the end of that section. So yeah, yeah. So moving on to our interactive bit of the uh, session. although I love hearing back from everybody. um, What we will start to do. Now it's growing, and more and more people are involved. Um, we will start to read out some things from the week before, and, and that kind of thing. So I don't know if you want to read out the interactive questions. Yeah. This week. So this
0: week's then, so you've got you've got a racing team. Yeah. You've got to pick two drivers for that team. Yeah. Who are they and why? So it's a single-seater team, so it's yeah. not a sports car team. We should do that another week. Yeah. We'll do sports cars. So they're going to be, in, you know, teammates in the same in in. in well, a car
1: two names jumped to mind for me, but really because um i'm curious yeah now actually if i were team manager i wouldn't do this because i think it'd be a really bad idea and it would end up with like prost and Senna, where they'd be firing each other off all the time yeah. and all sorts of things it wouldn't work but um for me i would love to see uh max verstappen and lewis hamilton together in the oh, okay. same team because yeah. there's this constant question and max came out in the week and said i believe if we're in the same car i'd always be two tenths quicker you know which is a pretty big bold cocky thing to say yeah um i mean i i like max i i actually almost didn't used to and really grown to like him as he's matured over over the time and i know that's a big bold statement um and lewis is such a complete driver yes he made a mistake it's very rare for us to see him make a mistake and he did um but i'd love to see those two together just honestly see how they'd operate together and who is quickest and, and whether there would be things like mind games that kind of thing because obviously when it was lewis and alonso there was a lot of mind games going on they were mm. clashing a lot it's almost like two balls in one team doesn't work it's like for a team it's better to have one that's clearly slightly just slightly slower than the other yeah so you've got a really good number two to back them up but there isn't this constant clashing and you know, falling out. Um, but for me I would have to see. I would want to see who's yeah. out of those yeah, two. Yeah, I like
0: that. I think for a similar reason I'd want um either Leclerc and Verstappen or Leclerc with somebody from the old days, somebody like Nicky yeah. Louder. So Nicky yeah. can set the car up. Yeah. And then Charles can drive it.
1: Yeah. But yeah. I think he's
0: probably pretty good at that anyway. Yeah,
1: yeah. So yeah, let us know. So if you could pick two drivers for a we could say Formula One team, it doesn't matter, single seaters, IndyCar, whatever. Um but you had you were the, the racing uh owner, manager, whatever. Um and you had to pick to who would they be and why. Let us know. Um I would love to read something out in the next show. So next week.
0: Next week. So yeah, so next week um is Imsa and IndyCars from Belle Isle in Detroit. Mm. Great. So we'll let you know what happens there.
1: Great, give and all then the we
0: feedback, see what happens. We'll
1: do a lot more car news next week as well. We got a bit excited about the um, Richard Burns car thing, yeah, not we? Did, we? Yeah, Which yeah. technically isn't so much of a road car, but we will do more road-based stuff as well going forward because we've had a few people now that really are interested in that bit so we need to make sure you put some emphasis on that i would say yeah it's very easy for us because we are so passionate about motorsport as well as cars to end up going off on a tangent as you could probably tell so um yes yeah, so that is something we will put a bit more focus in uh, for next week's show um and we've also got uh, as i mentioned earlier um coming up uh, an f1 fitness fitness guru performance manager um, who used to be McLaren's performance manager for I believe 14 years um, but has been in the industry a long time so we've got a a special episode coming up um, but before that we've got Ty Cuthbert which will be released this Friday so definitely tune in he's the most likeable bubbly young lad I think you could ever possibly meet (laughs) Um, so yeah please please give it give it a listen or watch on our channel thanks guys
0: thank you for listening to this episode of the veloce podcast fast and fluid conversation with kat mp and richard bott don't forget to subscribe via your chosen podcast provider and never miss an episode of the veloce podcast